see in color. 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 Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sea in Colour podcast. Today I have the pleasure of sitting down with uh, Charlie. Uh, goes by the stage name of Life Like Charlie. An absolutely fantastic bloke. Um, we sat down and discussed his influences uh, and and his his writing capabilities, uh, where he hopes to be in the future, plans for for new music, um, and everything in between. Uh, we talk about we dive into. A, a bit of sort of the music industry, what he'd like to be doing. Um, a, a really kind of um, interesting and down to earth guy um, that really just wants to make everyone smile. And I think we definitely need that uh, at this this point in time with lockdown sort of ticking over and and no light at the end of the tunnel seems to be coming through. But, you know, we can be the light at the end of the tunnel. Every Monday uh, we'll get an episode in. Um, but it's, it's been really nice to sort of sit down and talk to these kinds of people and, you know, going from episodes on with friends where we're talking about people's love for music and spreading awareness of different tracks and stuff like that. But then also sitting down with people that are actually trying to live and breathe music and, you know, make a living out of it. And um, it, it gives her a really interesting contrast. So I, I'd implore anyone who needs a bit of a uh, bit of a smile in their day to go on Instagram and check out life like charlie uh, especially on uh, youtube as well he puts up live performances and you always get them there first check him out he's on spotify and itunes um and also he mentions his website as well which is going to have some exclusive content um just a really really down-to-earth genuine bloke that's also extremely talented um like i said life like charlie go give him a follow and also don't forget to give us a cheeky follow at c.in.color uh we're hoping to be a bit more interactive um, with with what's going on and um, yeah I, re- I really hope you enjoy the interview uh, today it was really good fun to do so thanks ever so much Charlie uh, for coming on if you are listening um, but also just as a disclaimer before we start um, as I said this was over Zoom call um, and this was probably the most troublesome Zoom uh, that I've had so far um, so there are little bits where maybe the conversation doesn't flow entirely um, I haven't cut any of the genuine conversation, but there have been bits I've had to cut out where we've been saying, hello, can you hear me? Can you hear me? So that's all gone. So hopefully uh, you, you guys will you'll be able to see past some of the the editing that I've had to do to get that. It's not as bad as I thought it might have come out as um, and we got through, uh, as we say later, the power of editing. But thanks ever so much for tuning in, guys. Like I said, don't forget to check out Charlie. Check us out at c.in.color. And we'll see you in the next one. Big love. I want to get up dancing. I want to go outside. I want to be romantic. But I don't want to be high. I want to stand in the rain. I want to stare at the sky I want to dance in the moonlight But I don't want to be high Oh, I want to be high I want to smoke a little G 
jazz. Yeah, I wanna be high. I wanna smoke a little jazz. Oh, I wanna be high. I wanna smoke a little jazz. Gotta wanna be high. I wanna smoke a little jazz. Oh, I wanna be high. I wanna smoke a little jazz. Yeah, I wanna be high. I wanna smoke a little jazz. Oh, I wanna be high. I wanna smoke a little jazz. Oh, I wanna be high. I wanna smoke a little jazz. I'm gonna keep on dancing I'm gonna dance all night I wanna feel fantastic But gotta do when I'm high I wanna head into space I wanna learn how to fly I'm gonna smoke a little jazz cabin Because I wanna be high Oh, I wanna be high Yeah, I wanna be high Oh, I wanna be high. Gotta wanna be high. Oh, I wanna be high. Yeah, I wanna be high. Oh, I wanna be high. Yeah. Oh, I wanna be high. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Seeing Colour podcast. I have the privilege of sitting down with potentially a dodgy setup, but we're going to make it work. It's lockdown setups. Um, a fine gentleman uh, by the by the name of Life Like Charlie. How's it going, Charlie? You okay? Hey, man. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Um, just before we started, uh, we were talking about, you said, uh, I mentioned you have work today. I quite like, I like to actually get that on the episode because it was... Um, quite nice considering i feel like people need heartwarming stuff um so you're working in a coffee shop at the moment is it a coffee shop you own uh, i don't own it so a couple of years ago um me and my friend uh ran a little coffee van on the campus of a university and it became so busy that uh we didn't have the infrastructure to hold that many students in the vicinity of the van anymore and the van kept breaking it was just too much demand so the university invested in a coffee shop that we designed and and um spent months kind of um fine-tuning it we opened it last october and we haven't really been able to enjoy it too much because we had october november christmas break january february and then corona in march so we actually didn't get to enjoy the the full um the the wow the full beauty, beauty of it yet. So um, now I sit in it every day, um, mostly doing nothing, just waiting for the occasional sad student to come by so I can um, either tell a bad joke or make them a, a, a very good coffee. And, and you know, just uh, it's nice to give people a, a little bit of human interaction. I'm very lucky I live with people, but some people are completely alone on campus. So it's nice to um, be able to offer a, a, a warm seat and a, a good conversation. Sure. Yeah, I guess it um, must be really difficult because all the people that are still up there are specifically up there because they can't get home at the moment. So it must be kind of really tough for those people. Sure. At the moment. A lot of a lot of um, international students that are thousands and thousands of miles away from home as well. So that's a really scary um, prospect for some Massively, people. Massively, especially because who knows what's going to be happening with international travel soon. I mean, fingers crossed we can all start 
start doing stuff. I know you've you've had your fair share of coming up with sort of um, uh, nice ideas, cheerful ideas for for music. Anyway, I saw the um, the garden garden festival when we had the lovely weather back in the summer. Um, did that take a long time to plan? Uh, I mean, to be completely honest, it all kind of happened on the day. Um, the, our neighbours showed up with like two grand's worth of lights and we weren't really expecting it and we just kind of whacked it together in a couple of hours and then people started arriving while we were setting up and it was like oh my goodness are we going to finish it and then it just turned into like a fairy tale man it was one of the best nights i've ever had i yeah. think yeah it, it looks aesthetically as well it kind of fit the bill didn't it with all, all the lights and everyone kind of sat down camped out and stuff it's hell of a cool well, looking back and seeing how easy the virus spreads, like we were thinking, God, was that a, a, a weird thing to do in the middle of a pandemic? But actually, um, during those days, there were 200 cases a day and it was super like low risk. And yeah. um, no one that came uh, had any kind of um, negative consequence after after coming. No, so. exactly. And I think like I think the theme of, of today is definitely going to be kind of the the positive impact i think definitely outweighed the risk um with that one because i mean as as an artist yourself you must be really struggling with like the idea because obviously the probably the most fun bit is performing in front of people and you haven't been able to do that for like almost the past year now i consider myself as a, a performer rather than a kind of a spotify artist sure. um Performing is where I get my my buzz, my kick, and my inspiration. And yeah, man, it's been tough to to try and um, give that energy through a, a piece of technology like a, a phone or a laptop. And I am I am struggling with yeah. with um, I need I need the the audience's reaction. I need the audience's energy in order to create the music for them. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's. It's a direct correlation, isn't it? If you can vibe that everyone's kind of like chilling out a bit, you can play a bit of a slower song. If everyone's really getting into it, you'll go more upbeat and, and so on and so forth. And you don't want to tell an untimely joke at some point if it's really not the vibe at the time because you're staring at a screen. And I mean, as we're experiencing as well, technical difficulties also come into it. I know you've done a couple of like Instagram lives and then it's like cut out and you've had to bring it back and stuff. And it's a bit of a ball ache. Yeah, it's uh, it's just added a load of complicated. Um, hello, that was my dog. Um, it's added a load of complicated, weird um, elements that I've never really had to think about. But now they're a daily kind of. Okay, is my microphone healthy? Is my camera healthy? Do I need more light in this video? Like things that I didn't really used to think about. Um, but it's good because now I'm starting to get better at this side of things so when i do come out to playing live like my songs are better my lyrics are better my singing is better because i've just been practicing for a year solid yeah, you know? yeah. Um, um so yeah there's benefits to it as well but i i just miss it so much with all my heart man that's what i wanted to do since i was a boy is sit in front of people and be an idiot you know yeah 100 percent. um i it's uh, definitely if anyone's looking for a bit of a, a cheerful bit to add to their day um at least even if you don't like the music, go and follow you on Instagram because it's always a good laugh on the on Instagram stories that you put up. That's very nice, oh, man. Thank fun. you. No, more than welcome. So we we played at the beginning um, Jazz Cabbage, <clears throat> excuse me, and that's a song that I've played on the podcast before that I've wanted to bring forward before because um, I, I just love the upbeat nature, the sort of like, oh, I don't really, don't really care nature, but actually also musically, it's 
incredibly appealing. Does that make sense? So it's got this like idiotic nature about it, but then musically it's really like sound and thought through. Um, that's quite an early piece from you, wasn't it? Yeah, I, still working out how to do my own production, still working out loops and and um, recording. And I didn't have my own um, laptop at that time. I was using my friends and I was kind of on a limited, I didn't want to um, take too much of his laptop away. So uh, I I had to be a little, bit a little bit quick with the whole process. And there's loads of little rough things that I, now I kick myself for, but it's just part of the 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 journey and it's just part of the process man of, of making mistakes and errors and bettering them later on you know yeah 100 percent. well because we'll, we'll talk more about um some of the originals you wanted to um share because i was going to say that um you can tell the production value of particularly mo your most recent ep that came out this year uh the production value like it's it's i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's just better because that makes the other stuff not sound as good but it is just you've you just improved massively in terms of the sound and also all the stuff put in like it's it doesn't just sound like a guy with a guitar in his room anymore you know it's um i'm just trying to make myself sound clean and i want it to fit into people's um playlists because i realize that some of my older stuff it doesn't actually fit in anywhere because it just sounds so rough and ready and demo-y but i kind of want this this year to i want to fit into playlists a little bit i still want to stick out like a sore thumb sure but i i and i need to have that home i need to have that home recording sound because that's what makes me me but i need it to sound a little bit yeah. more professional but i'm working out to do that in the i'm i'm working out how to do that in the performance as well um as well as the production okay so how do you mean in the performance just sort of that making it a bit more professional in terms of sound quality and lighting and stuff but still keeping it like it's still just you well, imagine uh, imagine Mariah Carey singing into her iPhone. It's going to sound unbelievable, isn't it? Because it's Mariah Carey. So, what I I had the thought of like, okay, all I need to do is is do the performance really well, and then it doesn't necessarily matter how it's recorded. It could you could record it on a potato, and it's still going to sound good yeah. because the performance is good. Hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. So from now on, all my stuff, I don't use loops and stuff anymore. I think it overcomplicates my vibe. So all, all I do now is one one live take and then I just add stuff to it if I want to. But I, I, for me, less is better. Yeah, oh, 100%. But I think that I because I've noticed you've done sort of, I've heard when you've played songs, you've written live and then heard the way you've produced them then. So you've added like little bits here and there. But it, one thing I've noticed, you've never actually taken away the true like essence of the song you know you might have changed it up a bit changed the lyrics changed the way you've played it but like yeah the kind of the lifelike charlie vibe is still there regardless which i think is really important because that's thanks, kind thanks, of a thing man. isn't it yeah creating a vibe is the most important thing and it's what makes an artist stick out from everyone else i think is their vibe like mm. you you press something and immediately you can tell okay this is a, a life like charlie song that's kind of what i'm i'm doing yeah yeah do you, do you think about that a lot? Do you think about like strategizing marketing in a way? I guess it's not just for the finances, but like how you want to be perceived in like a lineup of other artists? Uh, absolutely not. It, it, it's weird. It just happens naturally. Like I'll just write a song and it fits. It's like a every time I write something, I feel like it's a more mature version of what I wrote before. And so I, hopefully one day um, it's going to be at a really nice mature professional level but i'm still practicing man i'm just a i'm just a kid writing songs at the end of the day and i'm super lucky that 
it does stick out. And I think it sticks out because it's happy music and not a lot of um, artists around here and stuff writing happy music. And it's super important, man, because it's, it's, um, it's what the world is based on, I think, is, is dancing and love and, and, you know. It's culture, isn't it? Yeah, that's the whole point of music is that, is that you can make music to feel certain things, but I think the happiness is probably also probably the hardest thing to portray musically as well like i'd say maybe artists i mean because it's writing from the soul isn't it ultimately that's how you're going to write your best stuff and you're obviously a very just uplifting kind just sort of bubbly guy so you're benefiting from writing those uplifting bubbly songs whereas i think if you try to write like a mopey sad you know piece it's probably gonna be like oh okay it's not really life like charlie you know thank you bro i I agree kind of i've i've written some sad songs in my past and they just don't feel how i want to how i want them to like i I want to be the kind of build me up buttercup artist of the world you know rather than rather than the lewis capaldi because lewis capaldi is great but um, he doesn't necessarily make me feel very good when I listen to him. Whereas you can p- turn on um, "Build Me Up Buttercup" at any time of any day, and it yeah. makes you feel awesome, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I had a friend that went to see uh, Louis Capaldi uh, when he headlined Glastonbury, and he said, like, performing-wise, artistically-wise, he's sick. But he said, like, it was almost a really dead vibe for a festival headliner because all of his songs were so sad. You know, and it's not really, whereas, you know, if you right. went on and performed your, you know, your most recent EP, everyone would be like, oh, a bit pissed, a bit high, bopping around, loving it. Do you know what I mean? It's that, um, it's, it's definitely a niche in the market. That's the vibe, man. Yeah. So, um, sorry if there are pauses. I'm going to try and cut them out during, uh, but we are, I think my Wi-Fi is definitely crap. I'm living in the middle of nowhere down in Devon. So, um. Um, the connection on the Zoom is is a little bit funky. Mine's yeah, mine's okay, but it's fine, man. It, this, is, this is the power of editing, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it? we 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 could put it together. She's a rich girl, she don't try to hide it Diamonds on the soles of her shoes He's a poor boy, empty as a pocket Empty as a pocket with nothing to lose Sing ta-na-na, ta-na-na-na She got diamonds on the soles of her shoes Ta-na-na, ta-na-na-na She got diamonds on the soles of her shoes 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 She's crazy, she got diamonds on the soles of her shoes Well, that's one way to lose these walking blues Diamonds on the soles of her shoes 
she was physically forgotten But then she slipped into my pocket with my car keys She said you've taken me for granted Because I bleed you Wearing these diamonds And I could say As if everybody knows what I'm talking about As if everybody here would know exactly what I was talking about We're talking about diamonds on the soles of her shoes Changes clothes and he puts on aftershave To compensate for his ordinary shoes And she said, honey, take me dancing But they ended up by sleeping in a doorway By the bodegas and the lights on over Broadway Wearing diamonds on the soles of their shoes And I could say, Everybody here would know exactly what I was talking about I'm talking about
So let's talk about the first song. Um, I asked you to bring a couple of your own and a couple of um, songs that you feel um, you just wanted to bring. The first one was um, Paul Simon, um, Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes. Um, so give us, give us a little bit about that. What made you bring that one? Uh, an old friend introduced me to it uh, seven years ago, and it was one of those sounds that I instantly like. Was like, "Whoa, this is completely unique! What a blend of culture! What a blend of um, harmony and melody!" And uh, I love harmony more than any other element in music it's my favorite thing to sing it's my favorite thing to listen to it's my favorite thing to to write is harmony i just love how you can create a kind of thicker chord using voices instead of a and i can't play piano i can't really play guitar very well so um being able to kind of match your voice with itself in order to create these beautiful lifts and and dips in music um is is incredible and when i heard dimes on the soles of her shoes it was just it had everything for me back in the room after a bit of technical difficulties um we were talking about you were talking about um layering harmonies and the power of just vocally being able to sort of create a chord with your voice sure it, uh yeah the way you can kind of create momentum and lifts and dips and uh i don't know it's it's super it's the one thing that we we had first isn't it before instruments came along before we had anything it was the voice and i love i love the the feeling and the power that you get when when there's multiple voices together it's just stunning i think um of course in the right in used in the right way i'm sure you can create horrible horrible harmonies if you're if you haven't got <laughs> got the right ear for it yeah no i i, I totally agree with that the sort of the like you said the rawness of of the voice the human voice is kind of uncomparable isn't it it's the most i don't i don't know if this is this is true or not but the the most dynamic dynamically ranged instrument out there really you know you can put harmonies you can hit every frequency you can put more energy into it you can whisper it you know there's all sorts you could be doing there absolutely man it's the the most versatile instrument ever and um there are some very clever people out there making some very clever sounds with with just voices uh Jacob Collie is one of them. He's a he's a really really clever dude, and I love the way that he uses harmony in his music as well with his like black belt in piano as well. He's just a, a genius. But uh, yeah, harmony harmony is what got me about this song. And again, it's a it's a harmony of a different culture as well. Sure, because this is um, from the Graceland album, which I think because he went to South Africa, didn't he? He did. Yeah. And there is there's something again with you know the range of voices. Like there's also something about a choir like an amalgamation of people that is just so powerful beyond you know in its own sense isn't it you know the power of everyone singing in harmony uh together can really sort of punch through a song it's uh, yeah goosebumps man and um the techniques they use in this to to create the lifts and to create the the powerful moments with the the depths of their voices and the kind of the techniques they're using just blows my mind man yeah no, it's it's so nice and I, I um i said to you before before we started that i instantly as soon as the choir came in i was like wow it's so funny that jazz cabbage was going to be the first song i played on the episode because i was like instantly because the do 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 at the beginning of jazz cabbage was i remember when i listened to that song 
And I was thinking, oh, that's not really something I've heard like in modern day music, you know, like this just, you could tell it was all you, um, but this very sort of quiet up intro uh, was really different. But it instantly reminded me of that as soon as I listened to this uh, Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes. It was really cool. Huge compliment, mate. because we're, we're going for the second song uh, which we'll discuss in a bit uh, Paolo Nutini I noticed um, not only with the sort of the choir but also with the um, there's it's very very heavily percussion driven but like uh, rather than just drums like just hit some beats is that something you you like to add in songs um, for me, yeah, I've kind of developed my own technique of playing guitar, which which is really percussive, I would say. Um, but what that percussion does, it just aids my flow and it helps my rhythm and and my my melody, which is why I like um, the Paolo Nutini song so much. It's the the flow he has and the way he uses the lyrics. I, I think is just genius. Yeah, well, th- that that's what I was going to say with the um, the Paolo Nutini because, like I said both songs uh i was instantly aware of the amount of inspiration you've obviously taken um from these artists but the for a lot of your songs you have these which i i honestly don't understand how you do it with the uh, playing guitar and effectively like rapping almost 
Um, but it had that vibe as well um, that I know you've you've taken to some of your songs. It's really cool. Yeah, like a song, like a sung rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 my favorite thing about that song. Is is a, it's a it's a completely unique um, singing rap. I love it, and I definitely, definitely, definitely use that on a on a daily basis when I'm writing. Yeah. How long does it take you to to write something like that? Do you, are you constantly sort of fishing for that that rhyme or the way it's going to flow or does it just kind of fall into place the short songs that i have like the sung raps they they are always the quick ones because i feel like if i go away and try and write the lyrics again i'm not in the i'm not in the flow whereas when i'm when i start the flow i can just write and write and write and the songs don't necessarily make sense but i'm just putting in um words that fit the the beat so 15, 15 minutes sometimes for a, for a flowy song, whereas a, a slower, well, more well thought out song might take a, altogether four or five hours or something. Okay. And do, do you often get in these zones where like these kind of, I don't know if you want to call them like writing bubbles um, or are they, are they difficult to come by? So you have to jump on them when they come. Sometimes I'll just be doing something and I'll have a melody kind of, sent to me or i'll just i'll just have it in my head for some reason out of nowhere and i'll record it and then later on i'll go home put some words to it and see see how it is but other times i force myself to sit down and write and i'm finding it actually those those sessions are the more productive sessions now uh, where i sit down i force myself to write i i play around with a guitar i play around with um some melodies oh really yeah 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 that i'm starting to really enjoy writing sessions now Oh, nice. Do you, do you think that comes with like a level of maturity of like being able to just keep your head in the zone? And even sometimes if you get the classic writer's block, you kind of go past that and, you know, endeavor to, to, to continue. You know what it was? I signed up to a website called Fiverr and people order songs um, for their friends, for their parents to say happy birthday, uh, anniversary. And it's just me sitting in my living room. I've written a song um, using... Uh, private jokes and stories that this person has given me and because I signed up to this website I was getting three or four orders a week which forced me to sit down and write a melody and write a song and because I was doing that so regularly I discovered that I could do it I could sit down I could write a melody I could write words I could um I could do it so um signing up to a website and then being at home for six seven months as a combination has has made me realize that Mm. Yeah, man, sit down, take your time. If you if nothing comes out of it, don't worry. But normally something does. Yeah, no, that's really cool. That obviously um, the whole lockdown thing is incredibly negative, but it's it's also really important to find like those positive aspects out of it. But I know you have been also at the same time live performances aside, still been struggling with um, like the overall lockdown in terms of being an artist, haven't you? Yeah, it's. Uh, I started off with so much. Uh, I was like, wow, I have all these weeks now to create and create. And I think I burnt myself out last year because I tried to do something crazy in every moment that I possibly could. So every day I would do something, upload it. And then the next day I would think, why did you do that so quick? Just take it down, stop being such an idiot. And then I would make the same mistake again. And I just kept forcing myself, pushing myself, which was super good. But in the end, I I look back and think, wow, that was a lot of... um, all fart, no poo, if you know what I mean. 
<laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Uh, it didn't actually amount to anything. I was just making a lot of noise and a lot of mess on my Instagram. So it cheered people up for sure. But I also felt like I rushed a lot last year um, because I had all this available time for the first time ever. Whereas now I still have a little bit of available time, but I'm prioritizing and categorizing and and organizing myself a little bit better. Uh, I don't I don't want to release anything half-assed this year. Everything that comes out on Spotify this year will be, um, to me, a stroke of genius. Yeah, but well, it's it's good to hear. It, you know, because then that's obviously if you go and have a look at your discography at the moment, we've got some fantastic songs on there and some eps but still don't have a life like charlie album which i feel like the hardcore fans uh, are desperate for is that but would you say that's the 2020 2021 pipeline or is that maybe too too soon i think one day i will get to the point where i've written so much music that hasn't been heard by anyone that the only place that those songs will fit into is an album a kind of a i don't know a b-sides and i think i have a lot of that a lot of music that no one's ever heard still good stuff but it, maybe it wasn't the right time maybe the 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 moment wasn't perfect to release it so i think one day man you're, you're going to see an album the thing is an album to me um would take three or four months or something whereas I could get an album's worth of music released in that same amount of time, yeah. but just do it month by month. So, for example, I think I've got three or four songs for the next project, um, which will be out in February, and then I've got three or four more for March. So, uh, I mean, in two months, you've got an album's worth anyway. So, for me, I just don't want to keep people waiting this time. Yeah, I just yeah. want to constantly be releasing, whether it's one, two, three, four songs, whatever. I just want to keep releasing, and then one day... At the end of this year, maybe I think, okay, I didn't use nine songs. Let's record them, put them on an album. I, I guess I kind of like that as well because it is, again, it's just different because there's no point in, like you said, sitting on an album for three or four months. You don't strike me as the type of person that could just have this album in, in the works and just, you know, not release a smidge of it for three or four months. It's kind of, you know, it must be really difficult to sit there, know it's there and you can't, you don't want to, you know, leak any of it until until it comes out whereas bite-sized chunks of eps sort of keeps everyone happy doesn't it well you know what the other thing is i know this sounds terrible but i normally um detest my music after three weeks or something uh, so i'll write a song i'll play it play it play it love it love it love it and then after three or four weeks i'm so sick of it and i think that's normal i think every musician goes through the same thing but by the time it's on spotify yeah. i don't listen i don't like it i don't listen to it i'm proud of it in a sense but um, you know, I'm I'm done with it. So an album, sure, it would it would take me too long. And by the time it, by the time I want to release it, or I'm getting to the time I want to release it, I'm sick of it and I don't want it out there. You know, so small small bite sized chunks of my music is the better way to go for my for my um, lack of patience. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, and I think that's good that kind of recognizing that early because I think, like you said, with burning out at the uh, the end of last year. The last thing you want to do is say, OK, well, we'll do sort of what the natural progression of things would demand and put out an album and then put out an album, hate every minute of it um, and kind of be like, oh, well, you know, I, kn I knew I wasn't that kind of person. I just wanted to put EPs, but instead I've conformed to putting out an album and now I hate it. Do you think the the hating of the songs or not hating, but sort of um, 
not enjoying them as much once you actually put them out? Is that because you're a bit of a perfectionist and it's that sort of once you put it out, it's out there and you can't change it? Or is it just because you've been focusing on it for so long that you just naturally, as anyone would, get sick of it? I would say it's a combination of that and also I would have written something better. Ah, okay. So you're constantly like every song you're doing is like a step up. So as soon as you start going on to the next song, you're like, oh, well, you know, look at the song that, that just came out. I'm bettering myself with every single song. Yeah, I'll I'll notice a difference in my songwriting's maturity every time I write a new song. Yeah, definitely. I'm constantly, constantly improving, which is natural. Um, songwriting is an art form, which is weird because you see some artists, for example, uh, Coldplay, you, some people would argue that Coldplay's music got worse as as time went on. I kind of enjoyed it um, as time went on. Yeah. I thought that their vibe changed in a good way, but some people would say that it changed in a in a bad way. And it's super weird that m- maturity can also be a negative thing as well. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. There's definitely, you know, when you start noticing. Um, artists that have been around for you know more than five years so that's at least two albums um the the i think the sometimes the fortunate thing with music and i think sometimes that people don't understand is that the last thing you want to be doing is putting out the same music constantly all your life you know in the same way that you're you obviously want to keep your sound and keep to your originality but at the same time you constantly want to be building and you know diversifying your talent and I think sometimes people find it difficult when, you know, say the likes of Coldplay, they start putting out a different vibe and they're like, oh, well, this isn't the Coldplay I used to listen to. But, you know, they're growing up, they're exploring new things, they're exploring new ideas. They don't want to be sat writing the same stuff, you know, over and over again. I agree. I agree, absolutely. But it's the audiences that, that are listening to the music and that are buying the music and funding the music. And I would hate to build my vibe in... Uh, in such a mature way that no one enjoys it anymore, you know? Uh, yeah. So I have to, I have to really think about not, maybe not consciously because I, I I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to change myself for any reason. I'm just going to go and see what happens naturally. And if, if my music does become completely boring, then that's just the way life was supposed to go. But I think uh, as yeah. I'm super aware of, yeah. I'm super aware of what people like listening to. Therefore, I think I'm I'm always going to try and stay current with my generation, yeah. Okay. Cuz I th- I think obviously um another thing that music is an art and obviously they always say some well the the best kind of art is the stuff that always seems to be like against the the common curb, but sometimes that can actually divert you away from what people actually just want to listen to, you know. Um I I, I guess you're right in saying that, you know, it's absolutely fair enough if an artist wants to explore you know, new ideas and not stick to the same thing. But the whole reason they're in that position is because of the people that listen and the people that pay for them um, and follow them. So it must be quite a difficult, you know, fine line uh, for those bigger artists. Exactly, man. I think for them, though, they're, they're introduced to new producers. I think they're introduced to new studios. They they get their hands on some tech. And that's maybe what I want to stay away from because I want the base of my song to always be 
the subject of why people listen to it rather than oh it's got a wicked i don't know synth in it or guitar solo or drop or something i always want people to listen to my music for the the essence of what it is which is an acoustic song written by this yeah. this idiot in his bedroom that's basically yeah. what i want forever and i'm hoping that with my flows and with my original kind of vintage sound, I'm hoping that I will just be able to create fun, catchy melodies forever, which, which is kind of, I would say, what Jack Johnson managed to achieve. He, his production stayed sure. very consistent all the way through his albums, and he's one of the biggest artists in the world, but he hasn't, he hasn't changed that much. People just love Jack Johnson because he's Jack Johnson. I would say, though, in argument... Uh, I, I find him quite boring sure. now. I preferred his older stuff when his sure. when his yeah. essence was yeah, kind of yeah. raw. A hundred percent. It's it is a it's a really actually like thinking about it. It's a really difficult line because um, I agree with you. I think it's really important to it, as for yourself that you don't want to be writing songs where people just like like a little bit. You know, they might enjoy the melody of the chorus, and that's you know why they enjoy it. But the overall. Um, appreciation for the music you want to be because of kind of the foundation around it and that's the thing you want to keep consistent and i guess for um you know big time artists you you have the whole this whole like business driven side of record labels which you know um i have no idea how it goes and i think a lot of people don't really know completely the ins and outs of how difficult it must be uh, being in those environments because you get a lot of people that end up sort of going against the grain um, with those record labels because it must be, you know, imagine not having that creative freedom because someone's saying, yeah, because I don't sure. think it's going to make us enough money. It must be really difficult. Yeah, which is why I've I've agreed, uh, me and my manager have both agreed that labels are are not really something that we're looking for. If we If one came along with the right deal and we made sure that we had full control and they weren't going to, be manipulative in any way then i would consider it but at the moment i am absolutely not looking for anything like that i i would say that i need some financial help but i don't need any creative help i'm still trying to learn how to do that alone and i need to i need to get that out my system first and i need to explore all my own avenues first i get quite a few offers of uh session work and songwriting together and i don't like the idea because i'm just trying to keep my vibe to my vibe and i think everyone should keep their vibes their vibe songwriting with other people can help a lot and maybe i'm missing out but i'm happy to miss out because i'm enjoying my own process at the moment sure well i think i think the prime example for sort of um acoustic gone big is like obviously uh, ed sheeran like everyone around the world knows ed sheeran and um he it was interesting because I feel like he his first album, um, my sister was really into. I didn't really follow as much, and then the I think the second one was the uh, Multiply, and that was like incredible for me. I was like, every song on this is sick. And then Divide came out, and everyone was like, "Whoa, this is insane!" I thought I don't feel like it's it's as good. And I watched like a behind the scenes thing, and he had so many more like session writers with him, like helping him along. And yeah, he created like worldwide, you know, critically acclaimed music. Um, but I think the thing I noticed with the Divide album was that his like Ed Sheeran's authenticity wasn't as strong with it, if that makes sense. That's probably like a bit of a controversial opinion with Ed Sheeran. But um, yeah, you could, I feel like you could tell. 
No, I agree, man. It was Ed Sheeran. It was Ed Sheeran with someone, and um, I I believe that Ed Sheeran should have stayed to Ed Sheeran. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I I think that also, even though those people were employed to basically be put in the credits and you know have no attachment to the song other than that, you're still experiencing conflicting creative minds because no creative mind is the same, which is beautiful. But at the same time, put in that environment, if like you said, even if you had sort of like a best friend who was um, very musically talented, their vision is not going to be 100% yours. And it might steer you away from something that's, you know, truly lifelike Charlie. Um, that's more, you know, best friend. Sort of exactly, thing. man. That's exactly it. Uh, I really believe that my process just needs to remain organic for as long as it can. And then if I can't find any success in it, then I will, of course, need someone else's um, creative input in order to to help me. But at the moment, man, I, I'm still very young. I have uh, lots of time to work out what my sound is before I help someone else with theirs. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think that not only you've addressed it, which is really good, but also I'd say it kind of ma- it completely matches with your vibe as well is that sort of like that authenticity like you said um earlier on that sort of boy in the bedroom idiot in the bedroom with his guitar um so that kind of fits the bill as well so as soon as you start adding other people to it you know if you say added i don't know um a choir of women and an organ everyone will be like well how why does he have a choir of women and an organ in his bedroom you know it doesn't fit life like charlie um, so it, yeah, I, I like the fact that you've kind of, um, it's promising that you've got that under your belt already that, you, you know, you're kind of self-assured with where, where you want to be in, in the future, where you want to be. And it's not going to be first, you're going to jump at the first record label and kind of, I think that's what people call like selling out really, isn't it? That sort of, yes, you get the financial help, but it's not going to be you. Um, so I think it's promising that, that we're not going to see a life like Charlie five piece band playing pop songs. Well, a, a lot of, a lot of young musicians get tricked into thinking that a record label is success, but it's not, uh, for me personally, success is playing a show every night to, to 300 people. That to me is that is where I want the peak of my career to, to be because, that's not too that's not too stressful sure. gigs can remain intimate i can pretty much hopefully talk to every single person afterwards to say yo hey thank you uh there's no band setup required i can just rock up with my guitar and my my shirts that are too big for me and, and i can just sit on the stage and be an idiot and that's <laughs> that's all i need to do that's all i yeah. want to do i don't i used to have a vision of thousands of people and whatever but that's not that would be cool, but that's not what I'm aspiring to be or, or to get. I just want some, I just want an audience regularly of, of a, of a good healthy size enough for me to pay for a McDonald's afterwards, you know? Yeah. Oh no, a hundred percent. And I think that it's definitely portrayed, uh, in your music that, like you said, that, that whole kind of vibe is definitely, um, evident in your music. Um, and talking of your music, the first, I thought we'd go in order of the, the one from 2020 and then the one from 2021. Uh, the first one, The Right Time um, from the Coloured Raincoats Living Room Edition EP. Um, I mean, that's got the sort of the choir vibe with the with the harmonies 
Um, and I think the thing that stood out for me with that song in particular is I think that the hook is really catchy and upbeat. Um, I think you're very good at doing those, which is it's a very sort of underrated talent because it's not easy to write a hook that sticks in people's heads. Thanks, bro. Years, that is years of practice, though, man. I'll give you love and I'll give you wonder And maybe over time we can both grow fonder And maybe I'd like to explain to you what's on my mind well, we can go dancing, but you know I would love to We can be romantic, but you know I would love to We can hold hands, but I know that's just what we both like So what do you mean? It's the end of the line Give me your love and I'll blow it open wide Give me your life and I'll give you mine It's the right time Yeah, what do you mean? It's the end of the line Give me your love and I'll blow it open a song so that you can listen but please don't get me wrong it doesn't help the distance if i could do one thing it would be to say that you're on my mind well we can't go dancing but you know i would love to we can't be romantic but you know i would love to we can't hold hands but i know this just what we both like so what do you mean it's the end of the line give me a love and i'll blow it open wide give me your life and i'll give you mine it's the right time yeah what do you mean it's the end of the line give me a love and i'll blow it open wide give me your life and i'll give you mine it's the right time oh it's the right time What's the what's the um, inspiration for the right time then? It kind of, uh, I would say the Graceland album has an influence. I would say kind of a bit Lion King, a little bit kind of. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know what the inspiration. It just happened, and the production just happened. I didn't plan for the production to be like that. I normally just mess around with my microphone and make all these ow kind of sounds and see what matches up with it. You know. Yeah. No, I really like it. It's a uh... I mean that that whole um, EP is just like a, it's a really really nice sound, uh, but you can also tell because the the right time lyrically, because um, you're currently in a, a long distance relationship, is that right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So is that song about that? Yeah, kind of. I I think um, I used to I used to force that too much into my music. I think I think I used to write too much about my specific relationship rather than a long distance relationship. And now I take the approach of writing from a perspective of someone in a long distance relationship rather than my relationship, if that makes sense. So sure. yes, the, some of the songs are about a long distance relationship, but they're not necessarily about mine, but I can write about it because I can relate to it. And I sure. think the 
relatability of my songs is what yeah. is what also helps because some a lot of people in in our our generation are in the same position but you don't necessarily want to um, listen to a Lewis Capaldi song about a long distance relationship you might want to feel a little bit more upbeat about it uh sure and sure i sometimes can disguise sad lyrics under a guise of a happy melody and i think that helps as well because um well let me tell you a story last time i said goodbye mm-hmm. to um anna I got home, I put on some headphones and I listened to um, Want You Back by Jackson 5, right? That one yeah. of the happiest songs you yeah. can you can imagine. Sure. Sure. And I was sobbing my heart out, like super sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, yeah. the combination of being so sad but with a happy song, it's unbelievably powerful because yeah. it it, yeah. it it gives you a little bit of light in a dark moment. Sure, 100%. And I think that's what I noticed lyrically was that it was obviously about um, something that could cause sort of pain. Not pain is probably not the right word, but, you know, it causes you grief because, you know, it's the about not being able to see them exactly when you want and stuff like that. But it was it was disguised in this sort of upbeat, positive vibe of look, it's not happening right now and it's not, you know, how we want it to be. But there is still going to be this sort of opportunity um, for it. And that was what I really liked. I think like, you know, when you watch, uh, I'm an absolute sucker uh, for like a good rom-com um, and you always have the happy ending and the happy ending is the bit that makes me sort of emotionally tear up the most. Nice. Because that's like, that's like the, the, the happiness at the end. Do you know what I mean? Rather than the really sad bit, the classic sad bit in the middle where they fucked up and you don't feel like they could come back from it. Um, so that's a really interesting kind of perspective on writing songs is that 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 beautiful kind of in a dark place, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel kind of emotion. Sure. That's what, that's, I, I, that's what I want people to say. I want people to relate to it, but not be sad by it. I want people to listen and go, cool. Well, he's happy about it. So I can be as well. Let's dance. To, let's dance to, to these sad lyrics. You know, that's the kind of vibe I want. No, I, I like that. I like, cause like we said with the Lewis Capaldi at the, the glass though, you know, even the sort of the more, the, the sadder subject matter you, you don't want people to have to stop their dancing and kind of sit down and mope around. You want to, I guess you want to keep that going for the, the duration, don't you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If I could have you alone, I'd sing you a song, but I can't find the words just yet. If I could show you my heart, I'd give you my love, but that feeling I don't want to forget. I need to learn to live by myself But I can't go another night I need you to help I can't wait to love I can't wait to sing you the song I just want to say that I want to love And I want to sing I want to take you out I want to hold you close to me But I can't No, I can't Just yet I could have you alone, I'd sing you a song, but I can't find the words just yet. If I could give you my hand to draw a line in the sand, let's go easy, it's a long night ahead. Cause I'm counting down until you're around in my broken wood and unmade bed. I can't wait to love, I can't wait to sing you this song. I just want to say that I want to love and I want to sing I want to take you out, I want to hold you close to me But I can't, 
no, I can't just yet. I just wanna say that I wanna love and I wanna sing. I wanna take you out, I wanna hold you close to me, but I can't, no, I can't just yet. I just wanna say that I wanna love and I wanna sing. I wanna take you out, I wanna hold you close to me, but I can't, no, I I just wanna say that I wanna love and I wanna sing. I wanna take you out, I wanna hold you close to me, but I can't. Oh no, no, I can't, no, I can't just yet. So the second song, then just yet, My Heartbeat Jumps EP 2021. Um again, that you you know you've got this sort of uh vocal choir, um same same kind of subject matter again, really nice. Um, upbeat again um, and I, I liked the because I listened to the, obviously the rest of the EP and um, songs like California as well I just th- they those were the songs that kind of stood out to me I was like okay you're really starting to get like this sound that still sounds like you but with with a bit more production then say um, that like we played at the beginning like Jazz Cabbage you know which is a very sort of raw raw recording um, well, those songs are actually from 2019, oh, but wow. I've been tidying up my Spotify a, a little bit. Um, and all those songs on the Heartbeat Jumps EP were singles that I released in 2019 with with a producer. So actually, I started I started out with a producer and I've decided that for me, the easiest and, and quickest method to release my music is to do it from home. So I, after reorganizing my stuff, I've packaged those songs together and put them in a, in a nice EP called My Heartbeat Jumps, but um, they're not new songs. They're, they're the, my oldest songs. Uh, and I've actually, I, I, yeah, I, oh, I wow. want to come away from the... Because pro- they, they sound... Um incredibly professional yeah I, I i was offered to come to a studio with a guy called chase keller and we cut my heartbeat jumps in like 18 hours or something which was super fun at one of the best like couple of days of my life and then um he invited me back over and over again and we yeah. just started creating all these songs together and it was a really 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 fun period while i was still kind of working out my vibe and working out what i wanted and i'm very grateful for it but that's not the direction that i want my music to go in anymore i want i want my music to remain super simple and right. and home homemade you know sure. so I, I might need to adjust the date of that ep on spotify yeah, yeah. to be honest because I've had a lot of people saying I've had a lot of people saying the new EP is sick, and I'm like, oh, it's such a shame. <laughs> it's my oldest one, you know. But are you so you're learning to kind of do literally everything on your own? Then sort of this, you know, you're writing, you're recording, and you're producing. Like, are you finding the production is coming naturally, or is that a bit of an uphill battle? It was an uphill battle at first, but that's why I'm I'm using less and less because all I need now is a really good take of of. Uh, of a song that I know really well and then sure. I can just sure. chuck a few harmonies on top and that doesn't take more than one brain cell to be honest uh I just do yeah. it all the time so yeah. it's kind of a habit to to add harmonies and and to produce harmonies uh I don't even know if I'm producing them well I think I just produce them how I want them to sound you know no I I think it comes off uh, comes off really well I think the the testimony to if you know what you're doing with um with producing is can you explain compression because that i think for me throws everyone off 
what what an earth compression is yeah true and i I would say like looking at my my garage band tools here i would say i don't actually know what any of them do um by describing what they do but i definitely know what they do by hearing what they do and i think that's more important because i've got low mid and high here and i don't really know what they do in terms of how they uh, uh, hello Oh, there we go. We're back. Beautiful. Hey, bro. Um, I, I have I have tools here that I wouldn't necessarily be able to describe how they work, but I could hear how they work. And I think if you sure. if you ran a test past me, oh, I've just changed something. What did I change? I'd probably be able to tell yeah. you. No, I, I, I think the um, the whole vibe we're going for with the, with the sort of the bedroom recording stuff, that's definitely going to come across with you producing it because you're going to be able to achieve exactly the sound that you're looking for rather than having to i always think that imagine being like a an artist but you don't really know much about production and having to explain what's in your head to someone that then has the facilities to attempt to do that like how much is lost in then translation exactly man i would rather just have it all coming from my brain and my fingertips all the time um rather than uh, you know a, a technician could make an error a producer could make a a creative judgment and i don't think that's fair i think uh i just need everything to be organic so i just do everything myself which isn't much it's literally recording a uh uh recording me singing a song and just adding some stuff to it so it's not an impressive process yeah. but it's a consistent process and i think that is what is is super important is consistency yeah oh 100 and i i like i said i said it all the way through uh, blowing a huge amount of smoke up your ass, but I do feel like it, it does really come across. Um, and that's why I think a lot of your songs do sound just genuine because they are literally just genuine because they're just you sat in your room playing a song, recording it, adding a bit of a tweak here and there, and then popping it out. Um, I think it's a really unique sound, but you're doing it really well. Thank you so much, man. And you know what? I can't wait for people to hear my next project because... Uh, this is the first time I've sat down and really been anal about my lyrics and really been been anal about every single moment and centimetre of these songs. And I'm super, super proud of them. And I can say that maybe for the first time um, oh, wow. since since starting my home, home recording thing. This is going to make me very happy when people can hear this. Oh, fantastic. When's, um, when's the... You, was it February, you said, is the estimated time of release? Yeah, so I'm going to start doing the youtube videos for them so basically i record a youtube video and i upload that audio of the video to to spotify so if someone was curious as to how that song sounded live or they can literally watch me sing that exact song they've heard on spotify on youtube oh well definitely go and check it out because the the live performance is just as good if not sometimes even better than the studio stuff because you get kind of you get well you get the whole visual thing as well i think the thing that definitely came apparent when you know watching you play is the i don't know the, the the effort you have to put in as well is not not that it's not seamless but at the same time like you're just in the zone do you know what i mean you're in it you're not just sat there just playing a guitar and singing and just going oh yeah this is all right like you're you're in it when you're playing yeah i like to think of it as like a character and he comes out when he starts playing guitar it's really weird but no i like that i like that a lot um no, so really exciting then for for this upcoming year. Um, when when will that start? When will the YouTube videos start then? I'm literally going to record one in a minute. By the time this episode comes out, that will be on YouTube. So is it just Life Like Charlie? Search that on YouTube and you'll find all your videos. Yeah, I'm, 
also, I think I'm going to start putting exclusive videos and stuff on my only my website because YouTube is great, but I really want to see. Um, I want to kind of make my own platform for my stuff, my own my own video platform, my own music platform. And if I can put everything on my website so everyone can watch it and listen to it for free um, without having to go into um, adverts and, and you know, I don't want anyone to be monetized by my stuff. So I'm, I think I'm going to just try and keep everything to my website. So, sounds fantastic. Well, Charlie, it's been an absolute privilege despite all the technical issues we've had to sort of sit down and discuss everything music and and hear how you're getting on um also despite all the covid covid regulations and stuff um definitely encourage anyone that wants to be able to claim that they could be an og uh life like charlie fan to go check them out on instagram check them out on youtube and obviously by the sounds of it check them out on on um on the website as well for for some exclusive updates but definitely definitely want to um, one to watch and put on your playlist because there's some in some very challenging and dark times uh, potentially ahead as well. Um, definitely providing a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. So thanks ever so much for coming on, mate. That's so kind of you, man. And, and I can't wait to to have a dance with you at one of my gigs. I can't wait to have a beer with you. Like um, you, your support's unbelievable. And every every single message I get in my inbox and every single um, encouraging like and share that i receive is is really really like um appreciated with all my heart so thank you so much for helping me have a platform thank you for um making my dream come true bro yeah no, no honestly not a problem it's it's a it's it's a privilege to sort of be able to sit down and with genuine people because it, it's such an interesting experience sort of talking to people about their creative processes and stuff and, um, you know, who knows in five years, we might be able to go, fucking hell, you know, that lifelike Charlie guy that's, you know, platinum. Uh, yeah, he came on the Seeing Colour podcast five years ago. Um, but, you know, who knows? Who knows where this could go? That's what I want, man. That, yeah, I, that, say, that's what I want. Yeah, I'd say if, if honestly, if anyone's listening, go check him out. Um, you've got whenever you do the Instagram um, live sessions, it's always so evident that you have sort of such a hardcore fan base that are just full of just love and support uh, and the vibes there which are definitely vibes i feel like everyone needs in their life right now you can always go and find um uh with the life like charlie family so if you're in need of those in need of a bit of uplifting music then definitely go and check it out and um again mate thank you ever so much for coming on it's been an absolute thank you pleasure. so much for having me man honestly thank you thank you thank no you worries. big love guys thank you ever so much for listening um like i said <laughs> over and over again go check charlie out on all social media platforms uh, if you need a bit of a laugh bit of uplifting music and uh, to keep up to date with what's going on uh, and obviously don't forget to go follow us on at c.in.color on instagram uh, for some updates on what's going on with episodes but thanks ever so much for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time big love Don't listen to vinyl I can't decide on which side to choose So I'll go sit on the side road Listen to my own songs that I knew But I know I've got to keep my head up Appreciate